The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. 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 Hello, this is Zach Saber Jr., New Japan Cup winner 2018. And you're listening to Keeping It Strong Style with my mates. Enjoy. Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Barrio the Frost. From Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is the network where we can get it done. I'm a chiller. And let them have it Cause this is just an intro Keeping the strong style Six stars from the get go Boy Yeah from Tampa Bay To the Tokyo Dome This is keeping it strong style With your hosts Jeremy Donovan And the young boy Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Jeremy Donovan here with the young boy Josh Smith. On today's show, we'll be reviewing the first two nights of the World Tag League, as well as covering all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show by subscribing to the Social Suplex Podcast Network on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the podcasts and columns at socialsuplex.com. Go to socialsuplex.com slash subscribe to sign up to get the podcast and all the columns delivered directly to your email inbox. All right, young boy, we got the World Tag League 2018 kicked off first two nights this past weekend, man. Absolutely. You can't see it right now, but I'm just shaking my head very, very tranquilo, (laughs) very, very wise and knowingly. And I'm very, very much accepting of the situation because, ladies and gentlemen, I have found that you cannot control everything in your life, but you can control your water intake and your hydration. And the reason I'm just saying all this stuff is because I didn't have a good segue to come out of (laughs) World Tag League. But uh, no, actually, these first two nights that we're going to be reviewing and talking about, they've been good. Um, just like they were last year. I mean, you know, uh, these guys are not stupid. They know when the cameras are rolling. They know how to work the hard cam, pal. <laughs> and, um, you know, they, they, they do usually typically put on good shows the first few nights, especially when it's a cork and, you know, crowd. So, yeah. So, yeah. So the first night happened on November 17th. And we had uh, Kevin Kelly and Rocky Romero on commentary. Don Cowles had some travel issues and was flying to the arena in a jet. Yeah. <laughs> or a helicopter. A helicopter. Yeah. Uh, what happened with Lenny Poffo? I don't know. I guess, you know, they made the executive <laughs> decision that, you know, he his services are no longer needed. Is it, <laughs> is it weird that I'm disappointed? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes, like, dude, I don't know what it is. Like, I just love chaos, you know? Yeah. Not the stable, but... But less, like, just chaos happening. Like, actual chaos. And, yes. and like, Lanny is not, nothing if if not, like, a chaotic neutral character. Like, he's freaking... Yeah, I mean, does is it an embarrassment to New Japan Pro Wrestling? Absolutely. Does it, you know make people probably like turn away from the product they're like what the fuck is this like, <laughs> absolutely 
But is it super entertaining to hear him, like, go on rants about Hulk Hogan and Tiger Mask and, you know, his fun fact? It absolutely is. So, like, I'm equal parts, like, it, it, It's entertaining the first first time or so, but after a while, it's like, okay. No, no, no. At first, it's worse. It's like Napoleon Dynamite. The first time you watch it, it's terrible. And then you keep watching it. It gets better and better better every time. (laughs) Tina, you fat lord. That's that's freaking Lanny Poffo. Like, he's the Napoleon Dynamite of commentators. (laughs) Like, he just, like, the awkwardness and all that just gets worse and worse. And you can't, like, look away. Like, it's it's just a freaking accident. And it's funny we're devoting time to this. But, like, yeah, I thought he was going to be on this, uh, on this tour, but... Hey, you, the listener, your voices have been heard. <laughs> yeah. I wonder, like, if we have anything to do with this. Like, you know, like, Rock, like Rocky, our good friend. Good, good friend of the show, Rocky Romero. He was listening, and he was like, oh, my God, I got I to gotta write my, my mistake. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I know I brought you onto the tour, but, uh, you know, you gots to go. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the show kicked off with a non-tournament tag team match. Uh, super strong team, Jeff Cobb and Michael Elgin taking on the young boy team of Yota Suji and Yuya Uramura. Um, the once blood enemies now have formed an unbreakable tag team combo. Yumura and Suji are like... Bro, I freaking love them as a tag team. Like they they got to get the gold. <laughs> they 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 need to like put gold on these guys because they're freaking awesome together. Um no, but in all honesty, I really enjoyed this match. Um the undercards, I mean, the the whole show was good, but yeah, this particular match with Jeff Cobb and Michael Elgin for whatever reason, just I really liked it. I like to see like Cobb and Elgin freaking tossing Suji around like you know, just hoss battle, and that's yeah. what I love. Yeah, the hoss battle with those guys, and then you know, you had Uemura in there, kind of bringing the quickness and speed, and trying to use his amateur wrestling background. Yep, yep. Uh, I I just dug it. I really dug it, and it, it was interesting because I don't think we've had Uemura and Suji uh, tag team before. Yeah, they've been on. Have mul- they? Yeah, multi man tags. No, but not oh, as not as a single tag. Uh, I don't I don't think so. Well, they got good chemistry. I mean, obviously, we know that they're good, like you know, combatants and uh, you know rivals. But man, they're a good tag team. Like. Yeah, usually when guys end up wrestling each other a bunch, they end up being like good tag team partners. Yeah, so I mean, I really dug this. Um, you know, obviously. Now let's talk about this. What, what do you think about? Um, what's your opinion? on the uh, tag teams that are in the tournament having these off nights where they're still just in straight tag team matches against non-tournament tag teams. It's kind of weird. Because, you know, usually, you know, like a G1 or Special Super Juniors, the guys that are in the tournament, they're usually like in a multi-man match to kind of give them a break for the next night. Right. But essentially, they're just doing another tag team match here. Yes, it's against probably a quote-unquote lesser team, but, I mean, still some hard-hitting matches that they're in. So, I don't know. It's kind of a weird setup. Yeah, I don't know how to feel about it. I mean, I'm not going to be overly critical and say that it's stupid or something like that. Right. Because I guess it does serve and, a purpose. And it's a quote-unquote like a warm-up match for the next night or whatever. Well, I mean, they, they need to... Stop saying that because they're sleeping on my boys. You more, <laughs> they're gonna pick up a win. But no, nah, um, 
I, I do think, like, there's a part of me, though, the part of me that's like, man, you know, the, the tag league's going to be a drudge to get through. So why are these guys in tag team matches that don't count? <laughs> um, but then, I don't know, you think about the other thing, too, is like, well, maybe they could have hype. It's around Robin if they're going to have these guys in tag matches anyways. Why didn't they throw in another tag team and just expand the block, you know? Right. Um, and I'm not saying they should have gone that way. I'm just saying it's, it is strange to me that they're having tag team matches outside of... The World Tag League. The World Tag League, yeah. instead of having singles or, or you know, multi-man tags. Like, hypothetically, what would happen if a non-tournament team pulled up an upset on a tournament team? Like, obviously, I know that that's not going to happen. Gonna happen. I know it's not going to happen, but as a viewer watching this match, I'm like... Yeah, exactly. Like, what, what happens if G.O.D., you know, gets beat by Suji? <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, that's not even a good example because we know what would happen. They'd be entitled to a title shot. But, like, right. what if the best friends get beat by Ren Narita and Tomioki Hanma? Yeah. You know? um, that's an interesting thing to think about. I guess it's just one of those things that's not going to happen, so we're supposed to just ignore it. Right. Like, never, never mind that. Yeah. We'll move along. <laughs> but it, it does seem like... Um, I don't know. They've just they've had a lot of success in the past doing the multi mans as opposed to a, a tag team. I guess part of it probably could be because it's a single block, and 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 it might change the structure of how they're booking the cards. I don't know. Right, and there's only so many guys on the tour. There's only so many multi man matches you can end up doing before you kind of use everybody up. I guess, but at the same time, it's like it's a we're only getting like so many televised undercards on this tour. So I mean, you could do multiples of the same match and I mean it's a it's a touring structure I mean the fans in in you know in Arita are not gonna care yeah <laughs> you know if they ran it in you know I don't know Be- Beppu or something like that yeah so I don't know it, it's very strange you're right um but yeah so let's move on uh the the second but yeah but, Jeff yeah Jeff Cobb got the win there tour of the islands on Suji um yeah, then we had Saber and Taichi defeating Hunma and Narita. Um, before we move on, let's talk about that for a second. So, obviously, we know that Tomioki Hama is not involved in the uh, World Tag League. However, he's still on the tour, and he's still in tag team matches against all the World Tag League competitors. And... How does that make sense? Well, on commentary, they said that the medical team that they have in New Japan has not cleared Hanma to wrestle in this tournament. They don't think he was ready to have... For that level of competition. ...competition to have, you know, those high-quality matches in the tournament. All right, let's think about this for a second. He's not ready for that level of competition. But he's facing all... But he's facing all that competition in tag team matches. Uh... That doesn't make sense. It's, it's kind of like a little weird because essentially they're, what they're really trying to say is like Hanma's not capable of having, you know, a, a big match. And so it's like... Without so, without actually saying it. You're right. So it's like we're going to stick him in these undercard matches because they don't really matter and he can just kind of slide by. It would make more sense to me, again, going back to do multi-man matches if you if you put him in a multi-man match and you say hey he's gonna have less ring time and he's not ready to compete in these tag team matches but we're gonna do a multi-man I'm like I'm all for that I'm like yeah it makes sense it's a good compromise mm-hmm. but then they're like no we're gonna stick him with Narita and we're gonna have them job out to all the guys that he's not medically cleared to wrestle it's like that makes no sense <laughs> he's not medically cleared to wrestle them but he is wrestling them in tag team matches right. so it doesn't it um you know what it reminds me of what um 
not to get too WWE on everybody, but like this past week, uh, I don't know. Did you hear Coach say about Nia Jax? Oh, a punch actually landed. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, she punched her, and it actually she landed. landed. It's yeah. Like, are they? Do they not all actually land? <laughs> it's like they're telling me that this dude's not medically clear for this level of competition, but he is wrestling all that same competition. Like, the, like what are you telling yeah. me? Just say and I haven't seen the rest of the tour schedule, so I'm not sure. Maybe he's not on the full tour. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure. So seems like he is. I mean, I don't know. I, I didn't look either. Um, but yeah. So Zack Saber and Taichi defeated Hanma. This is our first look at. Uh, Saber and Taichi. I mean, what did you think of, of them as tag team? You know, I actually thought they kind of worked together really well, actually. Yeah. I was kind of surprised by how well they kind of gelled together. There's a there's a lot of situations in this tournament where I feel like people are going to turn around and, and like be like, you guys need to eat crow because this team works and this team works and this team works. And I'm going to kind of say to that, well, sure, they do because it's New Japan and they're making stuff work, but I don't think that the team selections you know I still want Suzuki and Zack Sabre right <laughs> but um no I agree I think I thought that Zack Sabre and Taichi worked well together um and yeah I mean like I think Taichi it, it, it's weird sometimes with Suzuki Goon because you do wonder how some of these guys fit together right as far as a faction goes yeah it's like all of them for the most part kind of have like their own kind of like different personalities and move sets and themes and like they're pretty much like their own like individuals for the most part yeah and then they like all come together and it still somehow works <laughs> yeah but um yeah I thought I, th- I thought Zack Sabre and Taichi worked together well I thought Jeff Cobb and Michael Elgin they they're looking great as well and they're posed you know poised to have a good tournament uh, just like they did last year um, but then we come to the third match of the night, uh, and it was a six-man tag, um, all-out war as Suzuki Goon implodes. We had Minoru Suzuki, Takashi Isaka, and El Desperado taking on Lance Archer, Davy Boy Smith Jr., and Yoshinabu Kanemaru. Yeah, so you know, there's a lot of debate or questioning. You know, what's going to happen? When Suzuki Gun has to fight Suzuki Gun, we found out they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna brawl with each Bro, other. They say run it, <laughs> yes, it's run like, it, B. They want I'm here for all the smoke. Yes, like, Suzuki definitely. You know, Suzuki is not here to play games. Yeah, like, he's like I don't care. We're on the same team. Like disrespect will not, not be tolerated. tolerated. Yes. Yeah, these guys freaking ran it, and I'm I'm gonna tell you what, we complain a lot. <laughs> <laughs> about all the Suzuki Goon tropes. But it, it works here. Bro, in this match, it worked because not only did they do everything they normally do, but they were, like, way, way more intense. Oh, yeah. Like, it was awesome. It was awesome. I really liked this six-man tag. And I was not expect. I was like, my God, Isaka. <laughs> Archer, <laughs> um, Kanemaru. I was, I was actually really torn. I told you at the time, I was like, I'm really torn because on the one side, you got Suzuki and Despi, who are like two of my favorite guys in the tur- like in the whole group. But then you got Iska, who's my least favorite guy in the entire group. <laughs> and then on the other side, you got Archer, Davy Boy, and Kanemaru, who I like, I'm kind of like, you know. So, so on. Yeah, I'm apathetic to them. So then when... when I, I would normally, if you took those three and put them up against Suzuki and Despi, I'm like, yeah, that's the team I'm going to take. But then you got Iska, and he's just, he's 
biting people. Oh my god! They got the string out there, bringing the iron the, claw bringing down the average. <laughs> so, but this match was uh, really good. These guys worked really well together. There was a lot of heat for this. And um, where were they this first night, by the way? Uh, Kanagawa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That they they had a big house. Yeah. They had a big house. They had a good crowd, and this crowd was really in, into the Suzuki Gun match, and um, I I just thought it was great. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I liked the talk too. I, I like you. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. Uh, Suzuki ended up getting the win with the Gotch pile driver on Kanemaru. Yeah, and it it was great because the match was still just like in a flurry, in a flurry, in a flurry, and then suddenly Suzuki and Kanemaru alone, and it's sudden. It wasn't like a long drawn out. It was just gotcha, pinned ya. That's it. One, two, three. And it, it just happened so suddenly. And then it was like, it happened so suddenly that it was kind of like, because obviously the next night, KES was taking on Suzuki and Isuka. So there was still that tension. Like, the, it never got resolved at right. the end of the match. So it just kind of continued the theme. And you you knew, like, that the next night that they're going to run it again. So it was a great, great way to kind of, like, end the match. And build anticipation for the for the next matchup between them and yeah i just really dug this i don't know why like i i'm not the biggest suzuki Gun fan in the world there are guys i like guys i don't like but i just i thought it was awesome yeah overall yeah it worked for me i thought it was good i was glad we didn't get like the world tag league like you know interfactions shenanigans we get you know like finger pope of doom kind of stuff yeah guys <laughs> trying to work together or hesitant to hit each other they don't right like up. they didn't have like desperado and katamaru being like afraid to like we're world champions we can't you, you know, know it, it makes sense though if, like i know i'm kind of going off on a tangent but like minoru suzuki is like a founder of pan craze you know what i mean those guys like all literally were best friends and lived together you know but then, like, every month they would, like, fight each other for real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like he kind of has that, like, that mentality, like, that shoot mentality. And, I mean, like, he does train with these guys and stuff. It, like, them being a faction is not just, like, for appearances. Like, right. they really train together. They roll together. And so, like, kind of makes sense that, like, if they're going to be in a match, like, Suki's not going to play games and, like, have them, you know, dick around or whatever. <laughs> like, they're going to fight. Yeah. So it's great. Um, so the next match we had the first tournament match of the night Finjuice David Finley and Juice Robinson taking on the young lion team of Ayato Yoshida and Shota Umino Uh, Juice and Finley had their matching gear Uh, Juice with his macho man inspired gear that he debuted at the Global Wars tour yeah I hadn't seen that yet I liked it I I gotta do it (laughs) I like that. Oh, yeah. I, I, you know what? I was doing a good Macho Man the other day, and I can't do it right now. <laughs> like, I can't think of what my Macho Man voice is. You know you're a has-been. <laughs> uh, hey, Juice, you're looking pretty funny. I don't know. I can't do it. Uh, I have to, like, I can do imp- impressions if I hear it. But, like, sometimes if I... Off the fly, you're Like, like off the fly, it's harder for me. But, like, yeah, I heard a... I, heard a, I, I saw this Macho Man... Uh, interview the other day where he was just like ripping into him and um gorilla monsoon were just getting into it and like gorilla monsoon was like the not so macho man he's like i'm gonna pretend i didn't just hear that (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah so this was a good matchup here 
uh, you know, Juice and David Finley, like we mentioned last week, first time in the, in the tag league, but, you know, they team all together throughout the year, so they're, they're pretty, you know, they're familiar with each other. They're a good, solid tag team. And then Yoshida and Umino, they've been, like, feuding with each other, and this is the first time they're really teaming up and, you know, as a team. Uh, you know, last week, I want to get your opinion on something, Jeremy. Yeah. This has been bothering me, Okay. <laughs> okay. So I re-listened to the last week. Something didn't sit right with me. We were sitting here. We were bantering back and forth. And then, you know, like when you say something really awkward and no one like says anything and like conversation just moves on and you, you feel like something weird happened there. Yeah. Last week I went on a pretty long rant about Juice and Dave Finley and why I thought they were going to do well. And you just ignored it and you just kept moving on. So, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, last week, uh, shout out to uh, Wilfred of the Wilfred Watches podcast. He actually uh, had us come on and do a what a preview for yeah the- another, another World Tag League preview on his yeah. uh, channel. But kind of different, kind of different yeah, from what was, we do. Yeah, it was totally different. Yeah, so it was it was it was cool. But yeah, you guys both were like pretty. You know, or maybe I don't want to put words in Wilfred's mouth because I can't remember. I haven't really listened to it, but it felt like I was still kind of going to bat for Juice and Dave Finley. And clearly they picked up two points here and it put them at the top of the of the entire block. So obviously I know what I'm talking well, about. Well, young boy, it's it's the first night of the tournament and they were facing the uh, Young Lion team. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see what happens, you know, further down in the tournament. So, I mean, explain to me what are the reasons that you don't think you don't see this team like going far, or, like having a, a high point total. Two words: David Finley. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, like, you don't think they're getting ready to push him? You don't feel like they're they're kind of positioning him, or no? Not really. Like, yeah, he had a match with Kenny Omega, but you know. And but he just got he just came back from Mexico. I know, but it's not like it was like a super long excursion or anything. Yes, it was. It was an excursion. He's back from excursion. He's, he's gone for what, like a month or so. He's ready for the. He's ready to grab the brass rings. Oh my, <laughs> dude, he's still, you know, lower positioned. Even Juice, who was like going to be a U.S. title challenger, is still kind of lower ranked to compare to some of these guys in this tournament. Um, so, you know, going forward, yeah, there are some teams they're going to beat, but I, I see them, like I mentioned last week, these guys probably being in the middle of the pack um, when it comes down to the finals. I, I don't think they're going to be in contention at all. Man. Yeah, honestly, You're sticking to it. Yeah, I don't think they stand a chance, especially with the potential. It's probably Juice and Cody at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, so I just feel like with Dave... And also with Juice's, you know, with the everything that happened after the G1, it just feels like it's a good opportunity for them to kind of like push these guys to a degree. I not I'm not saying I I think they're gonna win or be in the finals, although that would be kind of cool. Yeah. I just like I'm like they really they should take the time and opportunity in the World Tag League and push these guys. Now don't get me wrong, I th- I love both of these guys. They're great workers, and they you know they could they are deserving of a push, but clearly they're positioned you know lower right now. And I, mean, I love these guys, but I just don't I also don't see a bright uh, future for them in this tournament. But they did like you mentioned pick up the win here against Yoshida and Umino. Um, they had a nice little combo with uh, the left hand of God into the stunner. I don't like it. <laughs> I, I've said this before on the show, and 
sometimes I'm I, I'll break this rule if if it's a good enough combo, but I just I don't like the whole. I'm hitting you with one of my signatures, and now I'm hitting you with my finish. I want them to develop a finish that works together. You know what I mean? Right. Um, this just this seems conjo- like disconjointed when guys do that. I'm not a big fan when guys do this personally. I I don't mind. I mean, there are some that look good here. I didn't mind it. Uh, it it's like okay, for instance, like you know, you take like a Triple H and Sean and the super kick pedigree, super kick into a pedigree, and it's like all right, is there two? Is, they're basically just hitting him with two finishers, like yeah. whatever. I like when teams have one finisher that puts the guys away. You know what I mean? Right. That's that's just I I'm a bigger fan of that. Like I like tag team wrestling, and I want to know that like. When they get hit with the heart attack, that that that's it. When they get hit with the doomsday device, like that's it. You know what I mean? And you know, even though these guys are a quote unquote tag team, you know, Juice has definitely been focused more on, on the singles role. So it's like, but last year, um, Death Juice, Sammy Callahan, and uh, Juice. Juice Robinson, they developed a finish that they, was awesome. I don't remember it. What, what was there? It was what? What's Juice's uh, finish called? The pulp friction. Yeah, it's the pulp friction, and then. Um, while he was doing the pulp friction, I think Sammy Callahan was doing like, a double stomp or something like that. I think he was doing a splash off the top rope or something of that nature. So it was like happening at the same time. Gotcha. Which I was like, all right, that's freaking dope. But yeah, I. But you know what? Maybe that's just like the first night them trying something out. I hope that does not become their finish. But other than that, I thought Juice and Dave looked good. Um, yeah, Yoshida and Umino looked good too. Yep, Umino uh, and Yoshida looked good. Um, yeah, it was good stuff. You know, they did that the spot where, like, um, I think it was Amino had, like, uh, Finley and the crab, and, like, Juice had to keep, like, punching him off. Yeah. He would fire up. Yeah, I thought that was really good. Yep. Yeah, I liked that, too, actually. So then that brings us to um, the next match, which was Yuji Nagata and Manabu Nakanishi taking on Ken, uh, Tenkoji, Satoshi Kojima, and Hiroyoshi Tenzan. So last week we got some heat because we mentioned, you know, the New Japan Dads and we kind of... Oh, I got like nuclear heat. <laughs> like, I got like, like go away heat, like X-Pac <laughs> heat. heat. My God, uh, man. But yeah, I mean, we're, I guess, I guess we were pretty harsh on the New Japan Dads last week. I didn't think we were. I didn't think we were. I mean... Like, I, I think there was a misunderstanding of what we said. I, we didn't, we're not saying, you know, the New Japan dads need to, like, retire and leave and be totally gone from New Japan. You know, I mentioned last week, there was a spot for them. Put them in, you know, the undercard opening matches and wrestle these young lions, get their shine on, get a win, and just have them there for the tournament just in these opening matches and not completely get rid of them. But some of these guys, I don't think, are up to almost... To me, they're like in a Hanma situation. Like, they shouldn't be, you know, cleared or whatever their terminology is for having high-quality matches in this tournament. Yeah. Uh, Here's the thing. Um, You know, a a lot of the points that were brought up by one of our listeners who's out there who is a longtime listener and like someone that we both like actually really respect because I you know he's stuck with us as a listener like the whole time we've been doing this we actually met him in real life which is really cool and um, even when I don't agree with his viewpoints it's always 
you know what like so well thought thought out um i actually wanted to respond to it but like this has been a very insane week for me (laughs) um and i and like you know so i wish i wish like i would have like actually taken time and like replied to some of the points they made but I'll, I'll just basically say this i do feel like last week i kind of prefaced some of the things that i said where um, I even like had mentioned that in the past when I criticized the young line or the uh, the New Japan dads that I had been a little overzealous and sensational in my um, criticisms of them, kind of like you know broad statements that might not be totally true. Right. But at the same time, I'm not. I also can't sit here and say that I think that these two teams should be in this tournament. And here's the reason why. And this is just my opinion. And maybe maybe I need to make peace with what the World Tag League is. <laughs> because the World Tag League at this point right now, what it actually is, it's somewhat of a break point between, you know, the end of Power Struggle going into Wrestle Kingdom. We get a few stories built off of it and it sets up a tag team match, but it's really like a kind of take it easy sort of time period. Right. Um and if that's what it is, then yeah, Nagata, Nakanishi, Kojima, and Tenzan do belong in it. If that's what it's going to be, which that's what it is, then sure, they, they should be in it. It's just that I, as a fan, don't want that. Right. This It's called the World Tag League. This should be the, the premier yep. tournament for tag team wrestling. This tournament should be taken seriously. This yeah. should be elevating teams that want to push next year, elevating your tag team champions for Wrestle Kingdom. There should be a lot of spotlight and focus on this. Yeah, I would, I would love if this was something where when you talk about the World Tag League, you talk about it the same way you talk about Bola. Yeah. You talk about, like... The G1. The G1. This should, this should be know, the G1 of like tag teams. The Cruiserweight Classic. Yeah. You know, the best... You know, CZW, best of the best. You know, these, like, awesome tournaments where you're like, heck yeah. Um, and World Tag League just isn't that. But I, I'm like, there's this part of me that's like, that's what it should be. Right. So, like, when we're and, talking and, about... And it can be that. They, they have yeah. the guys. Yeah, they have the guys. They have that. the connections to teams and other promotions. They, they could make it a World Tag League and make it great. I'm not saying that, like, Nakanishi needs to go... Well... <laughs> I'm not saying that they need to go away or, or that there's not a place for Tenzan and Kojima and Nagata. Um, but... In a world class, you know, high stakes like tag team, you know, tournament where I'm, I want to see. Basically, I want the the tag team equivalent of the G1. Exactly is is my thing. Same here. And so I don't think that the same way I don't think that Nakanishi tends on and should be in a G1. And you know, I know Nagata and Kojima could probably do it, but they probably shouldn't. That's the same way I feel about the World Tag League. I don't think the World Tag League should be a, a, a get-me-by, stand-by tournament. I think it should literally be, like, the premier tag team tournament where, like, you know, like the Jim Crockett, you know. <laughs> you know uh, so that's that's my only thing here. Now, let's talk about the, um, the actual match. And so we – these guys have – long 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 history they've been in finals of world tag leagues of years past and last year tenkoji actually picked up the win uh in the block against this team so this was kind of like a a rematch of last year and what did you think of this 
You know, overall, I thought the match was fine. You know, these guys are going out there doing their greatest hits. You know, uh, Kojima with the machine gun chops and Tenzan with the Mongolian chops. Nagata with his kind of strong style and the arm bar with the rolling eyes back. Nakanishi, his shoulder blocks and the torture rack. You know, all of them is kind of it's kind of the greatest hits pretty much from these guys yeah. um, working their way to the finish. Um, I'll be honest. I, I I felt like this for me. I felt like this match dragged a bit. Um, yeah, they 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 all got their stuff in. Um, the crowd seemed to be in it, into it. So I mean, I can't criticize it too much. I mean, they did seem to be entertained. Obviously, you know, these guys are legends, and and you know, so that they still have followings and everything right. like that. And they're all still over. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, by no means was this good <laughs> yeah I, I just I didn't think it was a good match and when it was over I was surprised to learn that it had only gone 12 minutes because it did feel like it went longer than that yeah um so but yep Yuji Nagata uh ends up hitting uh Kojima what does he call his suplex uh is this an exploder he, he hit the justice knee and then an exploder yeah and then got the win on Kojima which I was very pissed about <laughs> yeah you're actually like legit pissed and I'm like it doesn't it doesn't matter Jeremy <laughs> Be pinning that bum tens on. <laughs> what? <laughs> My gosh. Anyways, so Yuji Nagata, Manabu Nakanishi pick up uh, their first two points in the tournament, um, tying them with the tournament leaders, Finjuice. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, That's what we're doing. <laughs> what, are, what are we doing? Oh man. I didn't make them the, the tournament leaders. They made themselves the tournament leaders by being the tournament leaders. My talk. So, like- moving on, we had uh, Don Callis finally joining in commentary, um, found a place to land his helicopter. Um, let's get to the next matchup. We had the best friends, Chucky e. T and Trent Beretta against Hangman Page and Yujiro Takahashi of Bullet Club Elite. This was good. Really, really good. Um, yeah, I liked I liked this a lot. Yeah, I liked it a lot too. It was a really solid tag match. Uh, you know, Chucky e. T and Trent, those guys, I mean, they're a great tag team. They work really well together. And, you know, Hangman, we've mentioned before, he's a guy, he's going to go out there and bust his ass every match he's there. He takes every t- every opportunity he gets to shine. That's exactly what he did here in this match. And, you know, Yujiro um, held up his end of the bargain, too. Well, I noticed with Yujiro, um, in the beginning of the match, he kind of, you know, they're, when they were getting the... Uh, you know, the best friends, they're kind of like babyface, you know, shine segment. They kind of got that on Yujiro, and then Yujiro tagged out, and then Hangman kind of went crazy. Yujiro kind of took it easy in this match, if we're being honest. Yeah. He didn't do much until the very end, but then at the end, it was like, huh. Like, okay, Yujiro's like really, he's going now. And so then all four guys were kind of on at that point. So, um, yeah, I will I will admit, yeah, he... he held up his side of the bargain but it took him a <laughs> he only did it in like the last quarter of the match as opposed to uh you know the the whole time yeah but this was really really it was just very good um like you said hangman page is a guy that he maximizes every opportunity that he gets yeah 
Like he just shines, dude. Like yeah, you won't talk about grabbing you know the brass ring. Like <laughs> Hangman does that every match. Like whether it's a singles match, tag, ladder, whatever it is, he goes out there and he puts on a performance of lifetime. Do you know like for like the majority of my life, I did not know what grabbing a brass ring even was. Do you do you know what it is? Outside of like it being said, like outside of Vince McMahon and it being said in WWE, like do you know what it actually even is? No. It's a reference to, like, back in the day when people would be on uh, merry-go-rounds, you mm-hmm. know, like, with the animals and stuff. Yeah. Um, they would have, like, a brass ring, like, that would be on the outside, and it would, like, come down, and people would have to try to, like, reach out and grab it, and you'd win a prize. Ah, uh, okay. I literally, like, it. I think it might have been even, like, months ago that I felt, like, I'm not surprised that you don't know, because I was, like... That is an old ass like. <laughs> like who know? What are they talking about? Like you know, like right. they're talking about something super old when they're talking about it. That's like going down to like the malt shop and like, <laughs> you know, it's like something from like the fifties, super old. Like, but yeah, and of course it would be you know Vince coming up with that. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, Beretta and Chucky e. T looked good. Uh, it was funny. We were on the Wilford Watches podcast, and like, yeah, Wilford hates Chucky e. T. He, he hates Chucky e. T. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, we we start watching this match, and like the chain wrestling. As soon as the match starts, like he just starts like chain wrestling, and he's so freaking. It, smooth. It was, and I was like, I was like, yeah, this man Chucky e. T sucks, yeah, right? Every, every spot he did that was awesome. You're like, oh man, that guy sucks. <laughs> Feels like a big flip dive. Look at this man, he's trash. <laughs> Yo, what was funny, I was talking to Rich about about, you know, the match and about best friends, and I was like, you know, Chucky e. T's much better than Beretta, and he was like, oh, but I like Beretta way better. And I was like, yeah, Beretta is better in a sense. Like he has more upside, he's more you know, he's more marketable. Um, you know, like there's more upside with him. There's more you could probably do. But when it comes to like the Ray Stevens Worker, you know, like category. I mean, Chucky e. T blows Trent Brett away. Yeah, and I mean, he's just really good. I mean, that's all I, I keep saying this. Like, <laughs> like he's just every time I see him, like he's just freaking good. Yeah, I agree with you. I lo- I'm a big fan of Chucky e. T. Um, and they got the win here with the strong zero, which is the uh, double stomp uh, dude buster combo. And I see that's one where it's kind of like. I give them the pass because I love the strong... Well, the strong zero. I mean, Rocky and Trent were doing that before anyways. Yeah. So, I mean, it's got history. But, uh, you know, it's basically just Beretta doing the dude buster and the guy jumping on his butt. <laughs> yeah. But for whatever reason, I'm into it. Like, I love that move. I'm like... Plus, it's called a strong zero, which is awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, I, I thought this match was good. Um, yeah, like... Hangman and Ujiro is like the Hangman show this year. Like, I know we said that it was kind of last year, but it's like really, really, like this year it really is. Yeah, I mean, New Japan, they love Hangman Page, and I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up, you know, getting some kind of deal with them next year and being pushed um, in a higher position. You know what's funny, though? The scary thing about this company is we say that about so many guys. Like, we're like, they, they need to push this guy, they need to push this guy, and then it's like... They have so many good guys all at the same time. Like, how can they? Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then you know, a year goes by and we're like, man, they're just wasting Hangman Page. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, 
this this company is great and uh this match was very i just keep saying like this match is good i mean it wasn't blow away or anything it's probably like three and a half but for whatever i just really enjoyed this match I yeah don't know why. yeah i thought it was good man uh, you know win for the best friends they got a point on the uh win column there and that ties them up with the <laughs> <laughs> oh man yes, so then- that ties them with uh fin juice and uh Nagata and uh, Nakanishi. The tournament leaders. Yeah. And then um, the main event of the night, we got G.O.D. Well, it was the uh, semi-main. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're yeah, right. La- the last tournament match of the night, though. Tamatonga and Tangaloa, G.O.D., the current reigning IWGP heavyweight tag team champions, um, facing Togi Makabe and Toa Hanari. Yeah, so... Great Bash Hanare. Yeah. <laughs> uh, first of all, I thought it was hilarious. Uh, Don Callis talking about um, Jado. Like, he's he's gone to the gimmick the gimmick store. Oh, <laughs> oh, before we even talk about... No, you're absolutely right. But before we talk about that, so, like, when did... When did, uh... When did Don Callis show up on the show? Like, what, what match was that? I mentioned it earlier. He showed up before the Best Friends vs. Bullet Club match. Oh, my bad. I... Was banked, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, so we got Don Callis back, man. Yeah, it was great having Don back, bro. Him, him, and Kevin Kelly, like, just the the amazing chemistry. I mean, their chemistry is second to only ours. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, but their their chemistry, like, they play off each other so well. It's it's incredible. Like, and it's like. You know, he's been gone all this time. And then Kevin keeps having to, like, fill him in on the story. Yeah. And I'm like, this is a shoot. <laughs> yes. And then he, or he'd be like, I, you know, I haven't seen him, this guy, in, like, six months. Like, the last time I was here, it was like. <laughs> like, yeah, he's, like, filling in. He's like, well, see, the the thing you got to understand is this is what's been going on. And I'm like, Don Callis has not watched one minute of New Japan. He's like, I thought, I thought Tamar and I were cool. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, a lot's happened with them the last time you heard, Don. <laughs> yeah, and then. Yeah, so when he starts explaining to them, you know, what's been going on at Bullet Club and Jay White, and he's like, I knew it! I told you, Jado was a slimy snake in the grass, just a leech on humanity. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, Gato, Gato traded out one cash cow for another one. Uh, he's like, Jado, he took one too many trips to the gimmick shop. Look at him. He's got a hat, a bandana, a blowhorn, a kendo stick. <laughs> It, it is it is a bit much. Like he's telling the truth. Like yeah. I'm like, what is this guy? Yeah. He looks like he looks like Bone Soldier, <laughs> and he's not Bone Soldier. Yeah. Ishimori's Bone Soldier, and he doesn't look like Bone Soldier. Yeah, he's like he's got the Laparka glove on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So uh, anyway, so Togi Magabe and Toa Hanari, who uh, you know famously only won one match in the entire tournament last year, taking on the uh, tag champ. The tag champions. I'm not sure how uh, God, you know, was able to manage to get such an easy first match, you know, to start off the tournament, especially in a main event spot. But that's exactly luck, what luck they of the got. draw. Luck of the draw. You know, that was a decent match. You know, we've mentioned several times before. Big fans of Toa Hanare. When this, excuse me, when this guy's in the ring, man, hard hitting, high pace action from this guy. Bro, remember when I was not a fan of Toa Hanari? Both, both of us, we buried Toa several times on this right. show. I didn't like Toa Hanari for a long, for a while, and then it was like slowly but surely he's getting better. He's getting, and then all of a sudden it was like the Ishii like, and I was like, did you? 
actually the first, the very first time I ever even got a little bit into Toanari was like last year during the tag league when he wrestled Ishii and, and Yano and him and Ishii had that sequence. And I was like, yo, this guy Hanari sucks. But did that you was see, cool. Yeah. But did you see him in Ishii? <laughs> and, but now, like, Toa Hanari, like, he's got to be in contention for most improved of the year. I mean, he's, oh, definitely. he's got to be. Um, this, yeah, this match was nothing, you know, great. But, I mean, uh, they kind of, they did a lot of the Bullet Club shenanigans, stuff with Jado, hitting people with kendo sticks when they're, you know, running by. They kind of continued that, uh, you know. A lot, of, a lot of just the shenanigans. Uh, Togi Makabe didn't necessarily look great. He's another guy that like we we didn't necessarily bring up last week, but I mean you could put him right in there with that Tenzan and not, you know Nakanishi. Right. And clearly, Makabe can go if he wants to go. And clearly in this tournament, he this match he wasn't you know weren't taking any bumps. I don't know if that's true that he can go when he wants to go. I think in reality he'd probably always want to go. Yeah. Um, but if needed, like if needed, then he could. But like, because it was up to me, I'd be, I'd be go, go, go. All the right. time. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, he could be, he's capable of more. We've seen him in a few singles matches where he's had some good performances, and I feel here he was relying on Toa a lot and didn't wasn't really bumping that much. I mean, he's yeah, he's fine in tag matches. I mean, out this year he's had two what I would call good matches that I saw it was the Suzuki match at the anniversary show, and then during the G1, him and um. Yoshihashi, for whatever reason, just was great. I don't know why. <laughs> On that first night, yeah. it was just great. But, um, I, yeah, I didn't think he looked very good here. I thought Toa looked good here. Um, but, you know, they really couldn't handle what G.O.D. was bringing to the table. And, yeah, um, G.O.D. ended up uh, picking up a win here. Yeah, uh, Tanglo hit the ape shit on Hanare. Pretty similar to the G1 when they were building them up with uh, Tangaloa getting all the wins. Yeah, there was a moment where Tangaloa hit a uh, gun stun towards the end on Togi Makabe, and it seemed like he was about to hit one on Toa Inari, and then they, you know, kind of broke out of that and moved into the real finishing sequence, which ended with Tama, or with uh, Tangaloa hitting the uh, ape shit, the uh, Rikishi driver. <laughs> yeah. And, um,. I was kind of surprised because I thought it was it was actually over before that. But I think both of these teams will have better matches in this tournament. Um, this just was they didn't gel completely well here. Um, I I'm not going to sit here and complain, but I thought this was about on the same level as the the New Japan Dads match. Yeah, yeah. For me, the 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 tag team match of the night was uh, best friends. Best friends against. Uh, you said Bullet Club earlier. It's not Bullet Club. It's the Elite. Bullet Club Elite. I don't. I don't know what they are. The, the opening video, the VTR, <laughs> when it shows Hangman and Yujiro, the logo said Bullet Club Elite. Well, let's talk about this last <laughs> match here. So we had a ten-man tag. Uh, we had Lij, Tetsuya Naito, Evil, Sonata, Bushi, and Shingo Takagi taking on the Chaos Team of. Kazushiko Okada, Tomohiro Ishii, Toru Yano, Yo, and Sho, which um, on paper, this is a freaking awesome star. Lineup. Yeah, star studded main event here. Um, but you know, it's, you know, typical 10 man tag. I mean, it was very good. I mean, but they also they weren't going completely all out. I thought it was very good. Yeah, it was a very good match. Like, uh, very good. I was, I thought it was one of the better 10 man tags I've seen all year. Yeah. Um, 
and you know we've mentioned this all time but lij they they work so well together as a team and even with the addition of shingo he fits right in with those guys and they're just so smooth and they're one of the best factions that work together in these matches i thought everybody like looked like stars here like literally everybody like um the stuff with Shingo and Sho was really good. The stuff yes, with Sh- I cannot wait for the Shingo and Sho one-on-one match. The stuff with Shingo and, and o- Yo. Oh, Shingo and Okada even had a little bit too. They had a little bit, but there was a sequence with Shingo <clears throat> and Yo where I was like, "Dang, like Yo looks great here." Like, um, and he kind of gets overlooked, but yeah, I mean, he was really good. Uh, obviously, Naito and Okada. Um, you know, Evil, Evil and Sonata. Okada kind of ran it with a little bit with everybody in this match, which was kind of cool. Um, Ishii, you know what I thought was funny? Hmm. To, and this is not hyperbole. Shingo Takagi is much bigger than Tomohiro Ishii. Yeah. Okay, maybe not much not, bigger, but, but it's <clears throat> noticeable that he is bigger than Ishii. So one of these two things either got to happen. Shingo got to come up or Ishii got to go down. <laughs> And I'm I'm here for the Ishii, Ishii Junior run. Junior run. <laughs> I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep pimping that. Like for for whatever reason it hasn't caught on. I don't know why. Maybe it's our viewership, our listeners, I don't know. I don't know, but I, I there's think a I, conspiracy I, with, with the IWGP. <laughs> they know Ishii would be the greatest champion in, in oceanic history. They don't want him in there, but by God. I, th- I think we're more likely to get uh, Shingo being called up, and even uh, they mentioned it on commentary, like even the crowd, like when Shingo and Okada were like, "Oh," and they were like, "A lot of people want to see Shingo and Okada." Yeah, yeah. I mean, Shingo's. I mean, if you've ever, I don't know if you saw like the Champions Carnival this past year. I did not know his stuff. Big. I mean, yeah. I mean, he can definitely work the heavyweight style, but uh, yeah. But I did see some clips of him in Bola, and man, he was taking it to like guys like Walter and Jeff Cobb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. Um, you know, I wouldn't say like that this year. You know, this year definitely wasn't like the chaos Lij feud or anything. Like they didn't have a prolonged feud. I mean, they did have uh, those series of matches going into what was it, New Beginning? Yeah. And then after that, you know, they. But throughout the year, we'd get like interactions. You know, Sonata and Toriyano in the G1 and Sho and Yo against, you know, Bushi and Shingo, you know, different stuff like that. This kind of was cool because it kind of called upon everything that's happened over the past year between these guys in different ways and kind of like culminated in this match. And I just, I really, really like this match. Um, there was one thing I wanted to point out. We have criticized New Japan in the past for when they're doing tours they give us a lot of matches that are repetitive. Right. And we're like, why are you doing this? Like, we're, we have to watch this. But this was great. Like, there's no real reason that Chaos and LIJ should be main eventing against one another. There's no storyline implications. But they but they gave it to us anyways. <laughs> yeah. And it was great. Yeah. And... Well, if you think about it, it's kind of... I mean, Evil and Sonata will eventually be facing off against Yano and Ishii. Yeah, and they and they played off that really well as well. Yeah. So No, that makes total sense. Um, I'm not saying there's absolutely no reason for it, but I mean, right. hats off to New Japan for giving us something that's varied. Like, I, we know that for the rest of this tour, we're not getting another 10-man tag between these two two groups, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't have to watch a different version of this every single night when I put on New Japan World for the next two weeks. Right. Which I'm glad. Like, they, they gave us a great match, and we can move on, and, like, that's awesome. Yeah, and uh, Naito ended up picking up, the, picking up the win here with the Destino on Yo. 
And then, of course, we have the post-match promo with Naito and L.I.J. Um, Evil cutting a promo as well. They tried to get Sonata to cut a promo. Wasn't having it. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't a big enough moment. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so that, that wrapped up uh, night one of the World Tag League. And then the following day, November 18th, was another night. We were in Cork and Hall. We have Kevin Kelly, Don Callis, and our good buddy Chris Charlton on commentary. Yeah. Um, let me see here. And we uh, it opened up with uh, Finn Juice, uh, Juice Robinson and David Finley in non-tournament action taking on uh, Umora and Suji. Um, obviously, Finn Juice got the win here. Thought the Young Lions could looked good. They did a very that spot that you brought up uh, during the tournament match with um, Umino and Yoshida. Right. They did a, a different version of that this time where they put. Uh, they had Finley. They had uh, Finley. Yumura and Suji had Finley. They each had a single crab on him. Yes. And then Juice was trying to get them to like break it. And, and he like every time he tried, they like this spot in this match was better than the one in the actual tournament match. Yeah. It was real. It was noteworthy. That's why I'm bringing it up because it was re- it was really good. And which goes to show you again how much I like this uh, this team. Suji and Yumura. I just I, they're great, man. Yeah. And the crowd was into it. Like the crowd was really every time good. they fired up, they were like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because like, uh, freaking, fin- um, sorry, not Finley. Uh, Juice was like killing them with shots, and they would like sell it so hard, like they're about to go down, and then they would pop back up and be like, ah! <laughs> yeah. It was like Dragon Ball Z or something. Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> um, but really good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, also they had a nasty flapjack on Umora. Yeah. Where he like ended up landing on his head. Like I don't know. Like oh, at the end. Yeah. Like he was, it was supposed to be like a, a flapjack. It's a regular flat, uh, flat face bump, but somehow he flipped over and took like a nasty neck bump. Uh, I didn't catch that. I must have missed that. Yeah, it was towards the end. Like you, they, they, they double flapjack, like crunched his head, and then Finley hit him with a brain buster on his knee, and got the win. Because even like Don House was like, because uh, he dropped on his head, he was like, oh great, you just dropped him on his head again. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, and what do you think about Finley busting out that brain buster on the knee? That's uh, um, was Adam Cole's old finisher in Ring of Honor. Yeah, I was wondering. Um, I was wondering about that, and it leads me to believe that everything I've been saying about the fact that they're going to push this guy is absolutely true. New finisher, new body. He's looking jacked. <laughs> He's looking vascular. We're gonna call him. I don't know what they're gonna call him. <laughs> What what did they used to call like Finlay? Finlay? Nah, didn't they, didn't he have like a uh, what he's, was he what was he called? In oh, WCW? He, was a, he, was a, he was a Belfast brawler. We're gonna come the Belfast Bruiser. <laughs> <laughs> His yeah. name is Finlay, and he loves to fight. Uh, you just get out there and tell me you love to fight. <laughs> my 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 like um. My Vince, Vince McMahon is just him when he's, like, being raspy, and that's all it is, like, ever. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I, I thought it was cool. I didn't expect the finish to come there. Um, but, yeah, he's got a new finisher, so that's pretty cool. Maybe they could find a way where they work that into a double-team move. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. The next up, Gorillas of Destiny defeated uh, Hunma and Ren Narita. They seem to be in the storyline, kind of taking some liberties, trying to... 
target the neck and the back of Hanma. Uh, I liked when Tama w- went to go do the Kokeshi. Yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> and he missed. That was pretty funny. But, yeah. Um, yeah, this is good. Narita looked good. Hanma looked like Hanma. You know, don't have to belabor the point. Um, G.O.D. picks up the win. Non-tournament match. And then uh, the next match was Kojima, Tenzan, Togi Magape, and Toa Hanare teaming up to take on Yuji Nagata, Manabu Nakanishi, Shota Umino, and Ayota Yoshida. And, you know, this was fine again. I thought it was good. Yeah. I liked it. I liked it. I mean, I thought it was, it was fine. I mean, it wasn't bad. New Japan just has great, like, eight-man tags. Yeah, I mean, the multi-man matches are great, and plus, you know, less time for certain guys, and... I thought this was good. I really liked this. I thought it was really good. Um, I'm a big fan of this during the um, tag league instead of the, like, straight standard... Well, I guess one thing to be that could be said here is, like, they're really only doing um, tag matches so far, it seems to be basically against Yumor and Suji and Hanma and Narita. Yeah. So maybe I shouldn't criticize it too much because really it's just two tag teams that they're kind of like doing this with and then the rest of the matches seem to be multi-man. Yeah. But um, this is usually what they do during the tag league is they'll have like two of the teams that are not wrestling that night team up mm-hmm. and take on another two teams or or something of that nature. So this was good. And the big thing here was Toa Hanare hitting the Toa bottom and getting the pinfall here. Who did he pin? Uh, he pinned... Young boy? Uh, he hit uh, Umino. He hit a pop-up Samoan drop, picked him up, toe a bottom, boom. Wait, I... Man, where where was I with this? So, toe a bottom is the rock bottom, basically, right? Yeah. Because yeah. remember that he was teasing the toe a bottom for so long, and we were like, when are we going to see the toe a bottom? I thought the spear was... I thought he hit him with that big spear that he like lifts the guy up and then drops him. No, nah, it was the toe. Well, he did hit that. He did hit that, but the finish was the toe bottom. I like that spear. I, I'm not a big fan of the spear in wrestling in general because it's so overplayed. Like, everybody does it. Yeah. Um, but, like, I really, really, really like uh, Toa Inari's spear because it's very, very different. Like, he gets under them and... He's pretty much almost like a rugby tackle. Yeah, it's like a tackle. He picks them up and then drops them. I'm yeah. like, this is freaking awesome. So, I like that. Um, I, I must have missed the... the in in all uh, transparency, I literally just powered through this show like two hours before <laughs> before we went on the air. So um, yeah, I must have missed that. But I aside from that, I do I, I will say this. I just I thought that this eight man tag was good. I liked it a lot. Yeah, good stuff. Um, and then there was another multi man match, a six man tag. We had. Kota Ibushi, Hangman Page, Yujiro Takahashi taking on the best friends and Hiroki Goto. I thought this was a really good matchup. Um, you know, anytime you got Ibushi in there and Hangman Page on the same side, man. This one was was fine, but for some reason it just was seemed very disconjointed uh, to me. The only thing that, like, I mean, I, I loved the Ibushi and, um, and Goto interactions. Yeah. And, uh... And this came down to... Actually, no, you know, I take it back. Now I'm thinking about it. The stuff with Hangman and, and the best friends was really, really good, too. So this one this one was fine. I mean, it, it just was what it was, but there was some good stuff in it, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Hangman hit the buckshot on Chucky e. T. Yujiro followed it up with the Pimp Juice DDT. So Bullet Club Elite gets the win here. And then uh, post-match, 
Goto gets on the mic, talks about how he keeps challenging Ibushi for the title, for, you know, challenging for the belt. He's like, "Are we gonna do this? Like, what's going on?" Kind of going back and forth. He uh, he keeps challenging Ibushi to challenge him for his own belt. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, you know, Goto's like, "You know, fine, then no shot." And then Ibushi changes mind and it, the challenge, so it's official. He basically like did it. We we do this thing in sales. It's called a takeaway, where like you give someone an offer. And then before they like try to tell you no, you t- you tell them, well they're not qual- you're not qualified for it. I'm gonna take my offer away. And when when you do that to someone, they get they're like what what no uh, bring, uh, come back here, bring it back, bring it back. And that's exactly what he he did a takeaway. He took he took the title away from Ibushi, and Ibushi's like, are you joking? Like you're gonna walk away like that? Nah, bro. Like <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. So it's official. The never open weight title match is set for the World Tag League Finals. December 9th, and this is great news, because this means that Kota Ibushi can beat Goto at the World Tag League Finals, grab that Never Belt, Will Ospreay can walk down and challenge Kota Ibushi for the Never title at Wrestle Kingdom 13. Yeah, so I was, I think, I don't know if we talked ad nauseum about this, but I feel like it came up on a previous show, and I was like, I don't see that happening. Yeah. Is we, that what happened? Did I say that? I don't remember, but I do, I do remember us mentioning that the only possible shot would be, you know, the uh, the World Tag League Finals would be the potentially the only... I feel, like, I feel like I must have shot it down, because that seemed like such an unlikely scenario. Oh, I probably shouldn't end that, because, I mean, if you think about it, Tag League Finals is hypothetically in theory, like, a bigger show. You know what I mean? Right. Stuff, ha- there are going to be title defenses, and so it would it would make sense to some degree that they might potentially do this. So I shouldn't have, like, taken it out of the realm of possibility because clearly they're, that's exactly what they're doing. Um, have you seen any of the stuff online, like the, uh, the stuff Chris Charlton's been posting, uh, like, with Kota Bushi and Goto, like, conversing about this match. Yeah, going back and forth and, like, Abushi's like, what is never... We, I, we it's really it. confusing. Yeah, I mentioned it some of them <laughs> in the news last week, um, but yeah, Abushi being like, you know, what is you know what is never supposed to mean? Like, I don't understand, like, why yeah. does Goto want me to challenge it? <laughs> yeah, like, sometimes, like, Kota Bushi, like, when I read some of the tweets that, like, Chris, like, I'm like, there must be something that either in the language that I'm not understanding or this, or he's just, a, or Kota Bushi's just a really weird guy. <laughs> I think it's safe to say he's he's kind of a weird guy. It could be a little bit, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But, um, yeah, I'm excited. So, I mean, there's probably a lot of people that are happy about this because, I mean... Yeah, I, I you know, I saw the news last night. Uh, I was recording One Nation Radio um, with Rich, uh, uh, Survivor Series post-show. And we were so, you know, Rich was scrolling through Twitter and that popped up. And we took a minute to talk about that because that was, like, great news. And uh, James was like, you know, I'm not believing uh, Osprey and Ibushi until I see it, until it happens. I, I keep, I've been excited for this match all year. And it keeps getting taken away from me. So I'm not getting excited until it happens. But I'm like, I mean... It, the seeds are planted. Like, this has to be what's happening. I mean, I would have been more excited if it was Osprey and, you know, Taichi, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> cricket, cricket. But, um, yeah, so this is exciting. So, Ibushi and Goto are going to lock horns at the World Tag League Finals. And then, um, did we get the six-man tag after this? Yep, uh, Okada and Rapungi 3K taking on Shingo, Bushi, and Tetsuya Naito from LIJ. And this was really good, too. Yeah, I mean, 
both, you know, Chaos and LIJ, these factions, you know, they work so well together. And, you know, they're building up the tag match at Wrestle Kingdom with Rapungi 3K and uh, Shingo and Bushi. Um, so, yeah, good stuff here. So the um, that's going to take us into the tournament matches. So the first tournament match of the night was the uh, Suzuki-Goon tag team matchup of Killer Elite Squad taking on Minoru Suzuki and Takashi Isaka. And uh, what were your thoughts on this, Jeremy? Honestly, once again, I like this. I like the Suzuki gun on Suzuki gun action here. Um, I like, I felt, once again, like in the multi-man match on day one, I felt like it really worked in here. Um, I really like the interactions with Suzuki and Dave Boy Smith Jr., Suzuki and Lance Archer, like just going at each other, hard strikes. Um, I liked parts of this. Um, I was not as high on this as the six-man tag from the night before. Um, where the brawling on the outside in the first night to me seemed to be very visceral and you know kind of like it kind of went beyond what they normally do uh in this match it was kind of by the numbers it felt like like you know the first half of the match was just very standard we got a lot more of the isaka shenanigans in this match yeah. than we normally do yeah that i did not like but uh, mainly when Suzuki was in there. I really, well, I liked Suzuki and Davey Boy Smith Jr.'s interactions best in this yeah. match. That's kind of what did it for me. Um, Archer was good, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I like this match better than I thought I was going to like it. I'll say that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to bury it, and it's an Iska match, so, I mean, that must tell you something. Yeah. Um, I was a little... Here's the, here's the thing, though. I was expecting to like it because I was so high on the six-man tag. Mm. And then I was slight... Not totally disappointed but I was slightly I was a little underwhelmed but I mean I wouldn't sit here and say that you know it was awful or anything like that um, I did think it was I, I think the most intriguing thing was just to see how after the night before given the fact that there's so much like venom and vitriol in the match you know was this gonna cause a rift or something of that nature with Suzuki Goon and you know these guys fought tooth and nail they had a good match and then um you know archer and davy boy smith ended up uh giving iska the uh killer elite the killer bomb the killer bomb which like they didn't they didn't take they kind of protected him obviously but like iska's old man <laughs> <laughs> like he, he barely takes bumps and they they took him all the way up there and hit him with that freaking killer bomb and i was like oh they really hit him with it <laughs> yeah <laughs> Which was great. Um, <laughs> so they pick up their first victory. They picked up their victory in a post match. You know, Suzuki, all, all, all of them kind of did like almost like Lij, like fist bump kind of thing. Nosotros Lij, <laughs> yeah. Nosotros Suzuki Goon, <laughs> and then of course afterwards Suzuki like hit one of the young lines. I forget which one it was, but it, like kicked them down. Pro, I think it might have been. It was Kuato. It was Kuato. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait. No. <laughs> Got me there. Well, then pay attention. It was Oka. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, I said it was Kawato. You just agree. I know I just agree with you. Not even pay attention. But I don't know who it was. I have no no uh, idea. Probably like Umino or Suji, one of those guys. But yeah. So moving on to the next it's match. Kitamura. <laughs> <laughs> so the the next match was uh, Zack Saber Jr. and Taichi of of Suzuki Goon taking on Tomohiro Ishii and Toro Yano and um, I liked this I liked this a lot yeah once again um, you know 
we were very questionable on the Tai Chi and Saber team going in. Um, but man, I, I'm really kind of digging Tai Chi and Saber. And then we mentioned before how great um, Ishii and Yano are as a team. And they told a great story in this match. Um, you know, Saber working over Ishii's arm, which he uses for the Lariat and the Brain Buster. Um, you know, Tai Chi was going in there, was kind of like the strike base, the strike base offense for the team, and uh, working over the arm also and t- taking yeah. out Yano. They started the match off with Tai Chi and Toriyano, and it was very much a comedy sort of thing, and they weren't touching, and it was kind of dragging. Mm-hmm. And it, and your perception of that really is going to depend on your taste. Like if you like Tai Chi for whatever reason. Or if you are into the Toriano stuff, then you might have really dug this. Um, I thought, at, like, I could have done with a little bit less of that. Yeah. But I'm not going to sit here and complain because eventually, once the match did start going, it it really was great. The stuff you were talking about with Zach working the arm was just awesome. I mean, it really harkens back to what's gone on between Tomohiro Ishii and Zack Sabre Jr. Um, you know, going back to the G1 last year... You know, Zack Sabre had a uh, doctor stoppage against Ishii. Then we were in uh, New Orleans when they wrestled for the Rev Pro title. Tomohiro Ishii ended up lifting that off of Zack, ending his one-year reign. And then they had a rematch, the the rubber match this past G1. And they had a fantastic match where Zack Sabre ended up tapping out Tomohiro Ishii, which is like... So he's got like a stoppage win and, and an actual, like, submission victory over Tomohiro Ishii, and now they're going to be facing each other again. And this, uh, the interactions between them here is just great. Yeah, I loved it. Great stuff, and I just love the way, even though his arm was worked over, Ishii was still using it, but how he sold it in between moves, and, like, he would hit a lariat and then hold the arm and sell it, hit another one, sell it. There was something funny. I think uh, when he hit Zach at one point, like the first time he hit Zach in the whole match, and Zach just fell. And did you say crumble? Yeah, he crumbled. Cause, like, cause Zach was hitting him with European uppercuts, and like Don was like, "I don't think you want to strike with Ishii." And then Ishii just hits him with one strike, and Zach literally just like crumbled and fell. Yo, when you said that, I just thought to myself, I was like, "Tomohiro Ishii be out here bumbling, <laughs> but Zach be crumbling." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Trust me, you do not want the smoke with Ishii. Yeah. In the in the words of the famous podcaster James Boyd, <laughs> the best bad body wrestler in the world today. Yes. Uh, you know, we also got the reemergence of Shooter Yano in this match. Yeah. He was hitting fireman carries. He hit that. I love when he hit that big belly to belly. He hit that on Tai Chi. Yo, he ripped Tai Chi's pants off. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> so that was, uh, this ended up getting pretty and good. And Don had a funny call. He was like, I can't wait for him to take those pants off. And Kevin, Kevin was like, what? He's like, no, not you, Kevin. Keep your pants on. Well, except later. So this, this was funny because, you know, we... um. We kind of com- like complained about how there were so many matches during the Junior Tag League that all just were like homogenized and kind of felt the same. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then you get a match like this. We're talking about how much we love it. And in actuality, it's probably like a three-star match, maybe a little bit over that. And in, in all reality, the majority of the matches during the Junior Tag League were probably technically, quote-unquote, better. Mm-hmm. But this – I'm going to remember this because – well, we'll talk about the ending here in a second, but there's just a lot to remember, like Toriyana doing his shooter stuff, Taichi just being Taichi, Ishii and Zack Saber, like that. This, there's more to kind of stick your teeth into in this in this uh, 
World Tag League than there was in that in that Super Junior Tag League, you know? Yeah. Um, so coming on to the end here, um, Saber has Ishii in the triangle. Um, Yano tries to come in and make the save, but Saber's holding on to red shoes, which allows Tai Chi to hit Yano with the mic stand, and then... I love when he hits people with the mic stand because it's not really connected to anything, and, like, pieces of plastic go yeah, everywhere. Yeah, the mic, like, fall apart. And for some reason, when you hit something, hit somebody with something, and little pieces break off... It's, it's a great, it's great visual. It always, like, it sells me more on it. Like, I don't know why, I just love it. <laughs> like, oh, crap, like, piece of plastic broke off. <laughs> um, and then uh, Saber was able to lock in the triangle deeper, and... The ref had to stop the match. Ishii passed out. Saber and Tai Chi. I, I was shocked when 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 Ishii passed out. Mm. We were actually watching it, and okay, so one knock, one knock on Zack Saber because we live in a day and age where MMA exists, and you know, fifteen uh, longer than that, twenty five years ago, someone got put in a sleeper for a long time. We like didn't. We didn't know, you know what I mean? Right. But nowadays, we know, like, how long a submission hold might potentially take to, you know, take effect. And so sometimes when Zach is putting people in these holds, like, especially, like, this triangle, he put the triangle deep. I mean, like, it'd be one thing if, like, the triangle wasn't locked in and you could tell, but, like, he put it in deep early and then it's on, and it's on, and it's on, and it's on, and it's on. And I was sitting there, and I was like, my God, like, if this was really, like, in as deep as it looks like it is, like, Ishii would be brain dead right now. Like, nobody can li- And then he passed out, and I was like, that took forever. Like, Well, it's Ishii, man. He's more than any mortal man, you know? No. No. Listen. <laughs> sometimes Zach holds guys in these holds for too long to where it starts breaking my suspense of belief. Like, uh, and there's lots of guys who do that as well, but Zach can sometimes be egregious when it comes to that sort of thing. But other than that, I, I did, I thought it was a great visual when he like choked out Ishii and Ishii just passed out. And I was like, dude, Zach might be lifting this British title. Come, come wrestle kingdom time. Yeah. And so post match, you know, he grabs the belt, sits on top of Ishii and, you know, great job adding to the build for the Wrestle Kingdom match. And I'm really looking forward to that match. And Tomohiro Ishii and Toriyanu um, continue to deliver in tag team matches they, as we said that they would. I would consider this an upset loss. I mean, these it, guys. It's an upset loss. Former for champions. Sure. You know, they are. I, I consider them favorites to do well in this tournament. And they got. It's, kn- it's, it's, it's an upset for sure. Yeah. Got knocked off from their first, their first matchup here. And then um, the final match of the uh, of the night was the 2017 World Tag League winners, Evil and Sonata, taking on Michael Elgin and Jeff Cobb. For all intents and purposes, I'm going to continue to call them Super Strong Team. I don't know if that name ever stuck, but they started teasing it last year, so they are Super Strong Team. And they, they displayed some super strong moves in this matchup oh. here. This match was awesome. Yes, easily so far the best match of the tour, the tournament. Best match of the tour, best match of the tournament, and I liked it better than all the matches during the Junior Tag League. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. I I thought this was awesome. You know, when I was talking about, you know, strong spots, you know, and getting the match, you have Elgin and Cobb doing that suplex, that stalling suplex exchange that they do. They did it with Evil, the heavier of the two Lij guys. Yeah, uh, yeah. The fact that they they held him up for so long and actually, you know, you got to think about it. I just I know if I got put in that position, 
like to be put in a suplex. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could actually hold myself up to be straight like that for that long. Like, yeah, evil's got to have some freaking core strength, dude. Like <laughs> his balance must be insane. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that that was just it was awesome to see them like kind of manhandling evil and Sonata like that was pretty cool. Um, as good as this match was, did you feel like maybe it under delivered a little bit, given the fact of how good the four talents involved in the match were and the fact that it was a cork and main event? Do you feel like there was because I feel like these guys can even have a better match than the one that they had here. They probably could, but that that thought didn't cross my mind when I saw it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed the match. I was into it. Uh, I thought it was very, very good. I felt like it underachieved just slightly because mm-hmm. it was such a spotlight. But um, Elgin and Cobb looked better this year than they did last year, in my opinion. Um, even though they had, I I do think that they had a couple matches that were better in the tournament last year than yeah. this. But this would fit right up there with the best work I've seen of that of theirs and. Evil and Sonata were, were great here. I thought this was really, really good. Yeah, you know, Jeff Cobb and Evil, they had some great exchanges playing off of their match they had at Global Wars. Um, Sonata, I mean, obviously the guy's super talented, and when he gets in there, you know, he was kind of a change of pace. You know, Evil, Cobb, and Elgin are doing a, a hard-hitting power style. Sonata came there, changed things up with the highest pace and doing his little dives and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, this this was this is gonna be my first like recommend of the tournament. I recommend Evil Sonata and Elgin and Cobb. If you're listening to this to see what's good, you should definitely check the the main event of the second night um, out, which is it was great. Yeah, I really enjoyed this match. And plus, this show was free. So if you're listening to this podcast and you are not a subscriber to New Japan World. This match is free. You don't have to sign up. You go straight on to NJPWWorld.com. Go to the free section. The show will be there. Check it out. Check out this main event match. And so, as of right now, we have um, Tamatonga and Tangaloa, two points. Finley and Juice with two points. Nagata and uh, Nakanishi, two points. Best Friend, two points. Uh, Dave Boy Smith Jr. and Lance Archer, two points. Uh, Saber and Taichi, two points. Evil and Sonata, two points. And then the rest of the teams... Super strong team, Ishii and Yano, Suzuki and Iska, Makabe and Hanare, Yoshida and Umino, Tenkozi and Paige and Takahashi all have zero points. So at this point, um, we've gotten through the first two, um, you know, full production shows of the World Tag League 2018. The next few nights are going to be video on demand single cam shows. Um... With that being said, I mean, what are what are your thoughts so far on the tournament? Do you have any any uh, you know hot takes? Any, anything that you want to kind of talk about or any predictions? You know, moving forward, what what where, where are we with this thing? Uh, so so I thought so so far in you know, the first two nights, I thought they're overall. I thought they were good. Um, yeah, I I thought so too. I thought these were good shows. And so you know, so far the, the tournament, it's you know, it's looking somewhat promise promising. Um, we'll see what happens when we go into these uh, VOD nights with no commentary and how these guys are going to perform at, at the smaller houses. Uh, yep. But, you know, I'm, I'm still very strong in my prediction of Evil and Sonata um, winning overall. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, Yoshida and Umino, they're still going to be you know, the guys that are going to have some great matches that are kind of um, like dark horses. Like They're obviously not going to win 
many matches, if a match at all. But I think those guys are guys to look out for. I think best friends are the team to look out for. Um, I expect Yano and Ishii to kind of have a comeback um, throughout the tournament. Um, expect G.O.D. to be looking strong still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I thought Elgin and Jeff Cobb looked really good tonight. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're another team to keep your eye on throughout this thing. They they didn't do a lot of nights where they took time off either. They they worked hard last year. Um, what did you think about Jeff Cobb being the one who took the pinfall against Evil? Uh, you know, being the fact that he's you know a television champion for Ring of Honor. So you know, at first, so as a as a fan that watches multiple promotions and knowing how business works sometimes, you would think that Je- Jeff Cobb wouldn't be the one to get pinned since he is Ring of Honor TV champion. He's a PWG uh, champion. Uh, you think that you know, especially with the relationship with Ring of Honor and New Japan, that maybe that they would look out for them and protect Cobb. But in all reality, it's typical New Japan booking, the more um, seasoned New Japan guy doesn't get pinned. So Cobb getting pinned, uh, it it makes sense in the New Japan booking world. You know, to them, you know, the Ring of Honor TV title means nothing. PWG title, you know, Bola win, like, good for you, Cobb. You're still, like, lower on the totem pole for us, and you're eating this pinfall. You're saying all this right now and looking at me like you're educating me on it. No, I'm just... Talking to communicating with you, you. You ain't gotta tell me, brother. <laughs> You're preaching to the choir there. No, I'm just playing. No, absolutely. Uh, that was a very. Uh, I gotta say, your take there is very astute. That's an apt analysis, Jeremy. <laughs> Professor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna sit under your learning tree. You no, know, Mike. Mike Denae's retired. We, we, we need a new professor in professional wrestling. Wait, and Mike, his name is Jeremy Donovan. Wait, Mike Denae just retired. I mean, he's been gone for a, a couple of years now. Okay, because you made it sound like Mike Tenay just retired. I'm like, where the freak is Mike Tenay been? Like, well, I mean, he was commentating on TNA up until maybe like two years ago, maybe. Really, I don't remember that. A couple of years ago, however long it's been now. But um, how was that? What Mike Tenay? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was like the main commentator all throughout TNA. Man, I, you know, I barely watched TNA. Yeah, him and uh, what's his face, uh, uh, the salesman dude. Oh man, I can't believe. I'm totally blanking on his name right now. Doesn't matter. It's yeah. TNA. <laughs> it's totally. But yeah. Hey, we need a new professor, and I'll be the new professor of professional wrestling. But um, yeah, I think some of uh, couple, some of the teams that like stick out to me that I'm like they're gonna be, you know, your workhorse teams in this tournament: Juice and Finley, Best Friends, Umino and uh, and Narita, or uh, I'm sorry, Umino and um, what's his name? Uh, Yoshida. Yoshida. Those are like three teams right there that you just know like you're going to get good matches with a lot of these guys out of it. And there are some matches coming up, you know, on the calendar that I'm excited about. But, uh, you know, I will say this. There were obviously we had criticisms about the tournament, complaints about different things. Um, I don't even call them so much complaints, but more just like insights and things like that. I did see a lot of like fans and people on the Reddit and things like that who are like, wow, for, you know, for all the downplay that the World Tag League gets, you know, these shows were so good. And they're like, you know, these people must not know what they're talking about. But like the thing is, it's always good when they're in Corrigan. Right. And it's always good when they have the full production and the, the cameras on. But, you know, 
on night 12. <laughs> right. <laughs> on what? night 12 when they're in that little, like, you gymnasium, know. Gymnasium. High school gymnasium. Um, and there's no commentary. Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's you know, Suzuki and Iska Against Nakanishi and Nagata. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there were there were some nights last year. There were some nights like Dude, there were some rough nights there were some last re- year. Yeah, there's a reason that this tournament has a rec- you know, has a reputation. Now, listen, if the whole tournament, if this whole tournament ends up being anything like like these first two nights, then I'll I'll sit here all all day and be like, "Yo, this tournament over-delivered. It was really really good. You know, so many intriguing storylines, but um I'm not anticipating that, and I'm not going to hold my breath for that. Right, and you know, you know, our um, ability to um, review these matches was kind of questioned because we ha- we had so much, you know, hate for the World Tag League. Who said that? Um, that was part of the, in the Reddit thread. You know, they were like, I don't know if you, you can judge judge these matches fairly because of your biased take on the World Tag League, um, but at the end of the day. I want to, you know, review what's put in front of me. If the rest of the tour ends up being good, I'll say it's good. So but far, so far it's been good. So far it's been good. But if it, what if what I get is bad or mediocre, I'm, that's what else I'm gonna say. Well, last year there was a lot of like little gems. There were some really good matches, right. but at the same time there was a lot of bad matches. Right. Like I, like not just like mediocre or whatever. It wasn't even like the. Uh, you know the junior tag where it was just like everything was like three star special or whatever three and a half. There was bad one star, right? You know, <laughs> I'm just saying like I'm not gonna be like I love New Japan, but I'm not gonna be that guy that puts everything over. We're not gonna we're not gonna circle jerk and sit here and say everything is everything freak, freaking yeah excellent everything is awesome yeah. Um, but I do feel like we are pretty. And maybe I'm wrong, but I don't. I do feel like we don't exist in a bubble when it comes to our coverage of New Japan. Obviously, we're passionate about what we're covering, and so with that being said, there are times where we will say that if, and me and you don't always agree, but if there's something that we like and we think it's good, then we're going to point it out. And if there's something that's not good, we're 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 not going to put it over. Yeah. Um, unless they pay us, <laughs> then if they pay me, Harold uh, Harold May, I'll say whatever the freak they want. To say. I don't care. CTC Harold. <laughs> oh yeah, cut the check. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I I do think that we're pretty unbiased when it comes to the actual um, match quality here, and I I feel like this tournament has been good so far. Um, if you're a first time World Tag League viewer. Um, you know, maybe don't watch it all. You know, this is a pretty daunting thing, and I don't know if this tournament is, you know, there's people who ask questions like that. I see it every year. How do I get into the G1? How do I get into, you know, best of the super best of the super juniors? And um, I don't, I don't know. There, I'm sure there's probably there, there's got to be at least one person out there who's like the, their first time New Japan listener or watcher. And they're like planning to watch the whole tournament. And if you can do that and you want to dive into the deep end right away, right before Wrestle Kingdom, hats off to you. That's awesome. You know, um, I know last year I watched the whole World Tag League and I'd never done that before and it was daunting. Yeah. And the only thing that really kept me going at times was doing the show because there was 
terrible nights. Uh, mostly A block. The A block was bad. Um, I mean, there was still good stuff, but it was bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah, as a, as a first-time viewer, I would highly recommend just watching the produced, fully produced shows with the commentary. Well, not only that, but, like, because it's video on demand and there's going to be people reviewing it and things like that, maybe pay, maybe cherry-pick, maybe, wa- right. maybe watch the stuff. Now, if you can do it and you want to sit through all of it, great, but, like... Um, there probably are there. There, I would just hate for people to like try to jump into this and then they're gonna, um, you know, and then it's daunting. I mean, how many nights of the tour are there? Uh, I don't have the exact number, but I mean, it doesn't, a, it's a lot. It doesn't end until it's December 9th. That's that's the crazy thing. There's a lot of nights in a short amount of time. Yeah, like, I mean, it's like only a two week. We're getting like. Yeah, like a G1 in like two weeks. Like, we have to stay up on this thing. Yeah. We cannot slip on this. <laughs> on this one, we cannot slip up. Like, this is crazy. But um, the the good the good news, though, with the video on demands is, like, you're not getting the full undercards and all that. You're just getting the tournament matches, so it does make it a little more digestible. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think that I, I, I am optimistic about the tournament going forward because so far it's been good. Yeah, same here. All right, uh, we got in one question this week from our buddy Muzza underscore forty four. He says, "If you could make your own New Japan stable, who would you have in it? Basically, you're allowed a leader, a second in command, a heavyweight tag team, three juniors, and a fall guy. Example: My nice. stable would be Sonata, ZSJ, God, Skrull, Bushi, Despy, and Yujiro." That. I do feel like we've had a question like this before, but yeah. um, so that's a big stable, by the way. So you get you get a, a, a leader, a second in command, a heavyweight tag team, three juniors, and a fall guy. The juniors aren't the fall guys. <laughs> um, and so his example, he has. So there's eight. You get eight guys basically. Right. His example, he has Sonata as the leader. Zack Sabre is the secondary in command. G.O.D. is his heavyweight tag team. His three juniors are Skrull, Bushi, and Desperado. And his fall guy is Yujiro. Okay, I'm going to take Kenny Omega, <laughs> Cody, the Bucks, Chase Owens, Hangman Page, Marty Skrull, the Elite. The, the, the Elite. elite. Break it down. But you know what? what's funny? It's funny you said that. Because honestly, when I when I read that question, my, my mind literally went to the Elite. Like, I love the Elite guys so much. Like, that would be my stable. Oh, my God. I take, I, I want Inoki. Oh, my gosh. Seiji Sa- Sagakuchi. I don't even know who that is. Um... Masa Saito. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, okay, so let's do this draft style. So, okay. like, uh, who's going to be the leader of, of your... We'll, let's do it this way. Whoever's the leader of yours will not... We'll, you'll, you'll get a guy, and then I'll get a guy. Okay. Um, well, then... And I'll let you have first pick, because I don't want it. Okay, well, I'm taking Omega first. Okay. Um, the leader of my... Uh, faction is going to be Tanahashi. Okay. So now we need a, a secondary in command. Um, second in command. 
Uh, Man, I have to like look at the New Japan roster. Like, who works for this company? <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I think I'll just I'll go with Ibushi. Okay. Oh dang! <laughs> that, I think that's who I was gonna take. Ah um, oh, crap! There's so much pressure. I wish I wish Shibata was still wrestling. <laughs> hey, that man said he's coming back. That's what he says. So you get a second in, you get a, a a heavyweight, a second in command, a tag team, a heavyweight tag team, three juniors and a fall guy. Okay, um my second in command is going to be Toa Hanare. Oh. That's an interesting choice, building up the new guy. Mhm. All right. Then for the heavyweight tag team, um, I think I'll go. Um, I'll go with uh, Evil and Sonata as my heavyweight tag. So team. you've got the Golden Lovers and then Evil and Sonata. Yeah. Ah oh, man. Um. Dang, this is so tough. <laughs> like, I don't know because it's so hard because I'm like, I'm such an analytical person. Like, like immediately I'm like, well, I should take the bucks, but that's like such a weird stable now. Like, I've yeah. got, but I don't know. I mean, like, I, I guess I'll take the young bucks. Okay. I don't want to, I don't want the young bucks. <laughs> don't, don't, don't take them then. <laughs> I don't know who I want. Um, it's the story of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, um, freaking a. Who are tag teams in New Japan? Ishii and Yano. No. Tenkozi. No. Nagata and Nakanishi. Uh, Hangman Page and Yujiro, super strong team. Um, you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Give me, give me Elgin and give me Jeff Cobb. Okay, that's that's, that's a good that's a good team. Um, and now for three juniors. You get a junior, then I get a junior, then you get a junior, then I get a junior. We'll we'll do it that way. Okay. Uh, so my first junior. Um, I'll take I'll take Shingo. Really? Yeah. I thought you were gonna take Will Osprey. I did think about that, but I don't know for, for whatever reason I, I'm I'm feeling Shingo. I want Kushida. Okay. Uh, I said then I'll, I'll take Osprey for my second one then. I want Hiromu. Okay. Uh, last junior. Hmm. The last junior. Um, uh, I think I'm gonna go with uh, Marty's girl. I want Ishimori. Oh, that's a good pick. <laughs> so okay, so let's go over. Okay, now we just have a fall guy. Yeah. Okay. So you have. So I have Omega, Ibushi, Evil, Sonata, Skrull, Shingo, and Osprey. 
in. And I've got the ace, Toa Hanare, super strong team, and Kushida, who, Ishimori. Ishimori and, and Hiromu. Hiromu. Psh, my God. It's a stacked. Why, why do we have three juniors? Many, <laughs> so many juniors. Yeah. Well, I guess one to be junior champ and one to be junior tag champs. Mmm. Gotcha. So then uh, we each. Who who's gonna be your fall guy? For my fall guy. Uh, I'm gonna take Juice Robinson. And I gotta take the best in the biz, the crown jewel I, himself. I, 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 I was, I was, Chase Owens. I was gonna baby. take Chase, but I was like, no, I can't do that to you. <laughs> I know you how much you love Chase. I take ZSJ. <laughs> you know what? We should, some. I probably should have done a Zack Saber stable. It probably would have been awesome. A Saber, a Saber goon. I would have done my own Zack Saber uh, stable. It would have been awesome. The Stretchem stable. Yeah. <laughs> and Inokiism stable. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, well that wraps it up for the questions. Um, so now we're gonna jump into the news. We need to do a fan poll. Who has the better stable? We should. My stable will kill your stable. <laughs> Match up the card, create the cards. So who, so who would you put as your junior team? Oh, um, I would probably do I was thinking making like Kushida might like junior ace, but I bet you Ishimori and Kushida would be an incredible tag team, and then maybe Hiromu is my ace. Okay, I'm doing Skrull and Osprey as my tag team, and then Chingo as my ace. Okay. I mean, Hiromu's gonna fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Hiromu kill him, but whatever. I don't know, man. That that pumping bomber, man. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So, uh, let's hit the news here. Yeah, so Wrestle Kingdom 13 in the Tokyo Dome has been selling seats fast. The Royal Seats, Arena A, Arena B, and the Balcony Stand are all currently sold out. Also, uh, New Year's Dash and Next Day in Corkin, there are only a few standing tickets left for New Year's Dash. So if you want your tickets for Wrestle Kingdom 13 or New Year's Dash, you better hop on it because the tickets are hot. I heard that they are going to be checking the names that are printed on the tickets for the New Year's Dash this year, which mm. is, um, they haven't done that in the past, but it's such a hot ticket and it's so those tickets are so hard to get, they like don't want people scalping them. So yeah, like your name's going to be printed on the ticket this year, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, the free match of the week comes from World Tag League 2016 from the B Block that year. It was Kazuchika Okada and Yoshihashi taking on Kenny Omega and Chase Owens. Uh, back when, uh, you know, back when Kenny used to be on the tours to build up his matches for Wrestle Kingdom. Dang. <laughs> back when we had, you know, the top stars in the tournament. Yeah. Um, also up on New Japan World, part four of California Dreaming, the documentary on Shibata with the English translation, is up. Also, um, 
our friends over at Voices of Wrestling, our good old buddy Rich Kreich, who we got to meet at All In, the uh, Voices of Wrestling team, they're accepting uh, submissions for the Voices of Wrestling New Japan Year in Review ebook. Um, you know, there's a post about it on Reddit in the New Japan Reddit and on their Twitter, kind of giving you more detail of what they're looking for, but they're um, accepting submissions from anybody. Um, you know, just write a good piece, and this will be a part of this um, year-end ebook. Um, they've done it the last few years now. One of the best um, New Japan materials that come out ends up being a lot of you know uh, match reviews, um, you know, focus reviews on different um, characters and storylines. Um, it's a really great thing. You can also you know download um, all the previous year's ebooks. There's a link. You gonna submit? I'm, I was thinking about it. Better. I just, I just don't know what to write about. Writing ass writer don't want to write. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, that's so funny because uh, you know One Nation Radio, Rich Lava and James Boyd. You know, Rich raps the the intro song for Keeping It Strong Style. He also raps his intro for One Nation Radio on Social Suplex. But they also have One Nation Radio that they do on Lords of Pain. Uh, radio network and it's just a beat rich is not rapping for that intro and so james is like this rapping ass rapper don't want to rap <laughs> so yeah me writer don't want to write uh but yeah uh, i gotta think of something to write about and get a submission so we can have keeping it strong style represented in this uh year in review well the good news i just finished my fourth canteen of water which puts me at a gallon so like I said earlier in the show, you can only control what you can control, and I'm controlling my hydration, so I've achieved that. I just want to throw it out there. That's, <laughs> it's personal success, man. Yeah, man. But no, you absolutely need to write. Like, I don't write, guys. Uh, I, I guess I could, but I don't have a passion for it. It's not what I do, but Jeremy's been writing for years, so I mean, you, you got to write something. Yeah, I, 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 just need, I need a topic. I need to, I need to catch a vision for something. Inokiaism. <laughs> How Enochism can change <laughs> the, we, the Western expansion and why, and how it's killing New Japan. <laughs> no, you need to write about Harold Mai and how he's and like like the, that whole opening sec- segment at uh, uh the, the Dominion. Yeah, I bet you a bunch of people are gonna be writing about like the two out of three falls match and stuff like that. No, you need to write about Harold. I need to write about like Chase Owens. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah, I should write like the the underdogs of 2018, <laughs> the unsung heroes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so other news story: uh, New Japan was featured in a special on CNN called True Tokyo, where CNN's uh, Core Wire he's trying to learn more about the uh, Japanese side of his family. So, you know, he goes to some New Japan shows, meets up with uh, Harold and Kenny, and talks about how important New Japan is to the culture of Japan and how he's becoming a fan of the product. Um, Tamatonga on Twitter again. This time he says he's looking for a hype man for Bullet Club. Absolutely, because they tried Tangaloa out in that spot, and it did not take. Yeah. Remember when he was doing all those promos during the G1, and it was, they sucked. Yeah. So, yeah, looking for a mouthpiece uh, for the Bullet Club. They got, like, a million members, and they don't have one... <laughs> a guy that could talk. One dude that can talk. <laughs> oh, man. 
They got Gato. Like, I don't... Oof, I don't know. Well, I guess Gato's talking for for Switchblade only, I guess. Why can't Tama do the... Tama can talk. Like, right. He right. He's, yeah, he's the one who can talk out of all of them. <laughs> talking ass... <laughs> don't Pro, wanna... Promo cutter don't want to cut promo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, there's a lot of changes going on with the access situation with... Um, the commentary team. We know last week in the news we mentioned um, that JR was only going to be on for the rest of this year and then was not going to be on for next year. Well, some stuff has changed up. Now Jim Ross and Josh Barnett will be gone after uh, the next set of tapings. They're doing voiceovers for shows this week, which uh, will be the last new shows of the year. So, uh, so yeah, so they're out at this point. Um, there are uh, some conflicting stories on the reasons why, but obviously it's either a New Japan decision or an access decision on why this is being done. Um, you know, this was reported in uh, Wrestling Observer Newsletter, and Dave also kind of threw out some you know, potential options of what they could be doing in the future. Um, so, yeah, it looks like this you know, team of JR and Josh Barnett's done. Well, I'm ready to go whenever they give me the call, brother. <laughs> Kind of the keeping a strong style team on access, uh, but I mean, and then and then we'll be the guys that that the fans complain about who suck so bad. Why can't <laughs> why can't why can't they have Kevin Kelly? You know they got this they got, they, they got, got the young boy, boy. He freaking sucks. <laughs> if only they could have Kevin Kelly. And then you have that, that one show where it's like Kevin Kelly and you, and like young boy was so much better when he had Kevin Kelly guiding him. <laughs> Um, but yeah, obviously, you know, it would make sense to just use Kevin Kelly and Rocky Romero, Don Cows, whoever. Whoever. Yeah. But, so yeah. Poffo, well, whoever. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so there's a lot of moving behind the scenes on that whole access deal and JR and Barnett being dropped from that. So yeah, you can read up on that full story in the Wrestling Observer newsletter and, you know, keep your eyes out on what's happening with that commentary team. Um, and also, speaking of JR, he suffered a brutal fall a couple of days ago and suffered some brutal facial injuries. He fell on concrete, apparently walking down, I think he was walking out steps or something, like a missed a step and ended up eating concrete and looks pretty bad. Have you seen that picture of uh, JR? Yeah. It looks, it looks like he went, uh, you know, he was in a segment with Nia Jax. <laughs> And uh, and the punch actually connected. <laughs> yeah, unlike the other punches in yeah. pro wrestling, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, yeah, it doesn't look good for Jr. You know, hopefully he recover has you know easy recovery. Well wishes out to you, Jim. Um, next up, our good old pal Cody has outright said that he wants to work from uh, New Japan more in 2019. And he's already said that he wants to do the G1 next year. Um, so this, this also comes from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. And, you know, clearly we're on, we're all on elite watch on what the heck is happening with this stable in 2019. But, you know, clearly Cody wants to wrestle in New Japan. They're, they love Hangman Page. So I'm wondering, are we going to get, you know, some more New Japan dates from these guys? Well, last year, um, Cody had 
flat out said that he wasn't going to be in the G1, but that he was planning on being in it this year. And I kind of took that with a grain of salt, but I mean, it's not the first time that he's said this sort of thing, so. Yeah, so yeah, once again, we're all going to be on the lookout for what's happening with these guys. Uh, We have the first match announced for the February 19th multi-promotional Sumo Hall show. It's going to be Mil Mascaras and Dos Caras taking on Kaz Hayashi and Nosawa. They're still wrestling? Uh, I was as surprised as that when I read this. Why? I mean, whatever. I don't know. Like... You're doing a super show. Why are you? Why are they yeah, bringing in Mil? You know, uh, Mil Mascarasi is one of the big stars of the original 1979 show. This is based on, and uh, Mascaras is one of Giant Baba's historical biggest stars. And yeah, they were big stars in the 70s. Yeah, and, you know because he was a, a star for Baba. It's a Baba memorial show. Um, okay, that kind of makes sense. They want to use him that, but um, well, I guess we'll see what happens. It, um, you know, Dave was saying, you know, maybe Mascara should have just been there to accept an award instead of having a match, but I guess we'll see what happens. Um, NHK, one of the major TV networks in Japan, is doing a documentary on November 19th on top people on different lines of work, and one of the subjects is LIG, LIJ leader Tetsuya Naito. Um... Taka Michinoku. I don't remember if we mentioned this last week or not, but... We did not discuss it. Taka um, was caught having an affair for the past eight years. Eight years, dude. And it finally uh, went public. And as we mentioned in the past on this show, you know, the Japanese culture, they are very serious on, you know, affairs like that. And it's a very, it's a big, big cultural deal there. Yep. Um, so K-Dojo, which is Taka's own promotion, has come out and announced that Taka has been removed from the board of directors and he would be working um, a whole year without pay. Yep. Um, but clearly he's still going to be getting that New Japan paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as far as contract watch, we need to add um, SCU, Christopher Daniels, and Frankie Kazarian to the list. These guys have just recently turned down Ring of Honor deals for 2019. Really? Saying that they, you know, they just haven't made a decision on what they want to do for next year. What is going on? <laughs> Bro, we're going to go to a New Japan Ring of Honor MSG show that's going to be like Tanahashi versus like Brian Malonis. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And oh, like uh, Rhett Titus versus Okada. Yeah. Like, what is happening? Ishii versus Cheeseburger. Yeah, my God. Oh my gosh. Kenny Omega's gonna defend the, the IWGP title against Bully Ray. Like Oh my gosh. What what is what is happening? I mean, these guys they know their worth and they They're starting a company, bro. You think so? They're doing something, bro. This doesn't make sense. Yo, it's gonna be funny. All those all those guys that were so adamant that All In was produced and paid for and, and everything by Ring of Honor. Yeah. Are are gonna look so stupid when like in actuality that was like the start of these guys like branching off and doing their own thing like you know right I mean yeah I mean there's rumors of them doing their own thing potentially maybe Kevin Daniels maybe they want to get into New Japan 
Um, maybe they want to try and get into uh, WWE, NXT. Who knows? But speaking of them trying to go somewhere, um, being the elite, episode 126 came out today. The episode was entitled Coaches, and there was a the ending scene. Um, they had the, you know, the... Triple H come into the elite locker room. He laid out, you know, some of the referees and people that were in there, and he left two bags for Daniels and Kazarian. Uh, Daniels and Kazarian come in and they like open up. They're like, he's like, uh, Kaz, where'd you get these bags from? Did some fans give us these gifts? And he's like, No, I don't know where these came from. They open it and there's a note in there from you know um, Triple H, and it was like I forgot what it said. It was like. Um, Something about them like being coaches at the performance center because there's a story that came out with Triple H saying like they, yeah. they're hiring older wrestlers to like so they can be coaches yeah. and there was like a, a coach whistle and all this stuff in there so playing up on that but you know Triple H is coming after those guys to to be coaches uh, so that was pretty funny also there was a hilarious scene with uh, Hangman Page and Yujiro Takahashi you know getting ready for World Tag League and Yujiro's like. Hang man, what's up with this elite bullshit? <laughs> he's like, am I bullet club or I'm elite? Like, he's like, what's going on? And Hangman's, like, I'm sorry. And we all thought they would, you know, book you got book you with the Tongans. <laughs> and, but like, he's like, don't worry, you know, we we got your back. And he's like, I wouldn't. He's like, Young Bucks, all those guys. Like, I wouldn't trust those guys, Hangman. And then Hangman looks down on his notepad of like all the notes of like Cody and Triple and uh, Kenny got from Triple H. Yeah, don't trust them. Although you're the guy that murdered someone this past year, don't don't trust them. <laughs> um, also, the funny thing with uh, SCU, where like Christopher Daniels is like totally like killing their gimmick, and he loved the city that they were in, and they were like, "What the hell is he doing? What is wrong with him?" Uh, so yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah, overall, thought, oh man, on Cody. Cody is still spouting out the WWE like trivia and facts. And oh, he had, is he? Yes, and he, he was like, um, well, Marty Marty called him and was like, you know, can you come to my party on January 1st? You know, those, those douchebags, the Young Bucks, they turned me down. He's like, but, you know, me and you, Cody, we're best friends. Are you going to be at the party, Marty? And he's like just spouting off like all these like, you know, WWE facts. And he's like... Cody, what? That's great. Why are you telling me all this stuff? Like, are you coming to my party or not? And then there was a scene with uh, Cody and Flip Gordon. And uh, Cody's like, Flip? He's like, Gordon, why aren't you returning our calls? Blah, 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 blah. Like, just saying off all these WWE stuff and, like, calls him a mark. And then Flip, like, super kicks him. He's like, I think you're the one that's a mark. And now Cody's doing the gimmick on Twitter now, too, where he'll retweet stuff and he'll spout off, like, you know, Pete Dunne is the UK champion and Mark, Nigel McGuinness and blah, 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 the commentators for, NX, for NXT UK. And he's doing all, all these, like, random WWE facts. It's hilarious. So, yeah, so that wraps up the news this week. Um, next week, we'll be back with more World Tag League coverage. And be on the lookout because next week. It's the greatest time of the year. You're going to get two episodes of Keeping It Strong Style next week. We will have our regular Tuesday episode where we'll give you some World Tag League coverage. And then we will do a bonus episode later in the week um, announcing our uh, nominees and categories for the second annual Keeping It Strong Style Year in Awards. Absolutely. And it's going to be, you know, we did this last year. was our first one. 
We had a bonus episode on that, and we'll have a bonus episode again, letting you guys know all the categories, who's the nominee in each category, kind of who we're feeling, who we're probably going to be voting for, and then we'll be dropping that voting link all over the place in Reddit, Facebook, Twitter. So be on the lookout for that. Get ready to get your votes in. Um, so yeah, two episodes of Keeping a Strong Style next week. More World Tag League coverage. Make sure you connect with us on social media. On Twitter, I am at Jeremy L. Donovan. The show is at KI Strong Style. You can follow us also at Social Suplex on Facebook. We're facebook.com slash social suplex. We also have the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Wrestling Squared Circle. On Reddit, I am the pro black guy. Josh is keeping it strong style. You can email me, Jeremy, at socialsuplex.com. If you have any questions for the show or want to be involved with Social Suplex in any way, check out all the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. One Nation Radio, hosted by Rich Lada and James Boyd. Like I mentioned earlier, I was on One Nation Radio um, that was uploaded today. Uh, we did a post-Survivor Series show. Check that out. We have the Ricky and Clive show from Scotland. The Outsider's Edge featuring Rance, Carl, and Clive. Rance, Carl, and Kyle, excuse me. And also our podcast dedicated to independent wrestling, Grown Men Watch This Shit, hosted by Jeremy Tate and Chris Bryan. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and review. And until next time, goodbye and good night. Bang. Bang. Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next time. See you next time. See you next time. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.